So, Tom, uh, something strange. We'll start here, okay? I'll just, All right. Uh, yeah, Let's okay, go so. ahead. Mm-hmm. Something happened to me t- the other day. Um, I I met a corpse. I was very close to a corpse. Um, you were very close to a corpse. Yes, a corpse that had you know been brutally killed. Um, maybe thirty seconds before I I saw it on my train. And I sat with this corpse for twenty minutes, looking at it out my window. So you were in the train, or what? I was in the train. Somebody jumped in front of the train. Um, the The body, I guess, was thrown to the right of the train and was on the tracks. And um, and then so so the train stopped, and I looked out the window, and there was this this corpse. You know, and I sat there. I could have gone for a while until the, you know, the police came and the forensics came and the ambulance came and and they covered it up with a sheet. But I, I had a good 20 minutes to, to sit with a corpse, um, a real corpse. It was it was it was it was contorted like one of those creatures in in, in stranger things, you know, stranger right. things. The arm was bent, the, you know, so that was kind of an interesting thing that has so caused me the, to contemplate you know death all week was it was it the first corpse that you saw and sat with well i've been to funerals before uh and i think i saw another corpse once in a you know at a, a you know in a car accident but it, but it, i had a, a lot but what was it, what was it interesting is it was right beside me so i had there was this big window and it was on the other tracks and i could just look at it i could examine it in detail i could yeah I really i could really get into the experience you know and what did and it do i to could you? say prayers and you know what did you do and what happened what uh what did it, what did it do for you well or to you it, it didn't seem real to me at first it's, it seemed like a doll or something it, it's it seemed like i think i've seen too many movies so i couldn't relate to it as a fresh experience but then later during the week it, it's been it's been haunting it's been haunting me a bit you know in what way? I, I spent a lot of times with it, with, with this corpse. So, so in what so, way was so it I feel very you? intimate with it on some level because I saw it just you know thirty seconds after its death. In what way was it haunting you? It just was coming up in my mind a lot, you know, and I'd wake up and think about it. Right. I wonder who it was. It was a woman, maybe thirty-five. Yeah. Yeah. And so you sat there like a couple of meters away for like 20 minutes or what? Exactly. Yeah. Cause I waited for them. And then eventually the police came and put a sheet over it and covered it up so that we couldn't see it and moved us out of the train. So we couldn't see what they were going to do with it. Um, it was right in the middle of the forest, Fondable forest. I mean, it's always tragic when a man kills himself, but I, I find it somewhat strangely even worse when a woman kills herself. I don't know why. Mm, yeah yeah i yeah i don't know why either maybe that's maybe it's because men just you know like to go and get themselves killed in wars and they're really into that yeah so did you read something in the newspaper about that no no i i i didn't i didn't i didn't find out who it was or you know it's it's a anonymous person who I guess couldn't couldn't stand it anymore. It's so strange because you know it's not part of our society. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess if we were living in a war zone, we'd see corpses all the time. Oh, or or living in India, have you? I mean, you were or in, in India. India. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, the... yeah. Exactly. Well, what I was, what was strange again is I saw, I just, I saw the the TV show Stranger Things the night before, which has all this horror in it, and the arm is, you know, with with this arm bent over, and it was yeah. a bit like that. The arm was kind of. Um, bent in a way that's impossible and, and the body was you know it was just it was just it didn't look real at first but i guess there was a soul inside there at one point and which departed probably 30 seconds before i saw it because pretty fast when the train hits a body so but i guess from your from your description that she wasn't technically rolled over she she, she died from impact and was like thrown to the other side of the tracks Yeah, people heard a thud. Yeah. And uh started getting up and making a kerfuffle. Um I was there working with my computer. Um so 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 yes, I I she didn't go under, I guess, but she went to the side, I suppose. Anyway, that was that was my big story. I, I'm, I'm. I mean, you know, I was just um, thinking about, you know, uh, I, I was reading up on Marie Antoinette and Louis the Fourteenth, you know, because they were both guillotined, you know, and then Robespierre, of course. I mean, you must know this because you're living right there, you know, yeah. near, near Paris. Apparently, and... apparently, at the Hotel de Ville, when they did all the guillotine during the the, uh, you know, the revolution. It was so busy there. They were cutting off so many heads that, you know, the, the, the neighbors were calling to complain about the noise. Oh, really? Just like. Yeah, but, you know, if you think about it, you know, it's like being guillotined. That is probably one of the better kinds of execution techniques there are, you know. Most pain. Yeah, most painless. Yeah, but. It's just over, you know. You, maybe you have like some rest form of consciousness for a couple of seconds, but. Then, then it goes dark. You know? Yes, and probably that was the experience of this lady on the train because, you know, she couldn't have the, the impact. Just lights must out. Have, mm. Must have been just lights out. It must have been. Yeah. Mm. Like we always associate death with pain, but it's more like what comes before death that's the pain, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, all the. I, I mean, there's like... probably no pain at death, right? Because it's death, or. or 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 um, the body just shuts down yeah i mean we all you know went through the catalog of i guess especially men the catalog of okay what what's the best way to go you know and so we we skimmed through that but you know in order to actually do that you have to go you know through all these kinds of the pain must be excruciating psychologically yeah. or emotionally to actually do that Yeah, I think I heard that freezing to death is the most painless. I don't know why I heard where I heard that from, but yeah, but I mean, you just uh, you just you stop feeling. Um, yeah, but how long does it take to freeze to death? Yeah, that's the question. Yeah, so it, yeah, it's, it's the the moment up to death that is, it, you know, that is really yeah terrifying. And us. so did your, your spiritual practice, did it help you to, to, I mean, did you have like a spiritual elevation while, I mean, because I guess no, no, I just, you know, I just, I just did sort of, sort of different kinds. Of, I just did kind of little practices 
you know, uh, very formal kind of practices that you would you would do, um, yeah. you know, in, in the face of a dead person or in the face of something. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that I had any kind of revelation, no. Um, yeah, but because it's, uh, you, you said that, you know, it's the desert of the real. It doesn't get more real than childbirth and death. Yeah. You know, because it's so devoid of, you know, of symbolic, I mean, it has, it has embedded in symbolic meaning, but if you encounter it, there's just the thing, you know, the real. It's like, um, yeah. and, and we don't encounter the real in, in that kind of intensity in our no normal day to day. That's why these events are so important. Yeah, you we know? mostly uh, encounter them, you know, in, in virtual, in a virtual manner. Yeah. Through, you know, movies and video games and whatever people do to, to deal with that today. They, you know, I mean, what do people spend most of their time doing after their day of work is, is contemplating murders yeah uh, and on uh, detective shows and, and uh yeah i mean yeah because <clears throat> there has to be a way to contemplate it i guess yeah, but again there's no way you know I, the the indian people you know they it's death is kind of embedded in their day-to-day -day practice you know and you go to yes. Delhi and you know you see dogs with like uh, skulls running in their mouth you know mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, it's like mm -hmm. it's it's part of you know of of of, of the daily life yeah and yeah. and you know it's it's kind of hidden away in our western culture yes which, which is so strange because like the, which, uh, the western culture is a christian culture and we're praying to uh, you know uh, 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 a tortured dead man on the cross mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so it's 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 a weird polarity yeah you mean so the polarity is that is that the major the main symbol of contemplation um is 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 death and at the same time this allows us to kind of like not you know jesus died for our sins so we don't have to think about death yeah and we can go ahead and sin you know because <laughs> i'm teasing but um. I mean, it's so weird because have you seen the videos of uh, uh, um, the Japanese prime minister getting shot down? No, I didn't. You mean I didn't see the videos where he was being shot? No, I saw a couple of pictures. Uh, right. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Because that's you know the or you know remember when the time when when ISIS did all the. Um, attacks yeah that was hard to watch wasn't it that was that was terrible that was tra traumatizing to watch the pilot or something being burned to death and yeah the, be the beheadings and boy, yeah, we're, yeah. Getting, we're, we're dark today Tom. yeah because like the you know the attackers the terrorists from the butter clan butter clan from paris they were just sentenced after what 10 years uh um after five years of of mm -hmm. trial They were sentenced to, you know, life prison just last week in Paris. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that so, was a weird time. I remember that. Yeah. I was teaching and, and uh, my students were having panic attacks. Yeah, of course. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Now, there, I mean, I, when, I, when I came to this island, <clears throat> there, you know, it was like the last 
you know, attacks of the Spanish Eater. You know, there was like one government car just like blown up just the summer I, I came here. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was like a bar in Portichol that is like a, it's, 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 it's a little port where there are lots of bars. And so one, one bar was blown up. And that was like 10 years ago and then, or 12 years ago, and then it was like uh, kind of quiet for, and then all these, these ISIS attacks started. And all these attacks were like vans, like driving in, 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 in crowds and, you know, Christmas parties in Germany. And so, you know, and all, all of the center of Palma. Oh yeah, the one in Nice was very horrible as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and so, I was, and, yeah, was there right after actually, I remember. God, this just drove down this road, killing yeah. people yeah. with a car. Yeah, and so they put all of these, uh, um, you know, concrete roadblocks in the center. They're still there, you know, so you can't really enter the city, you know, or the, the paseo, where the, you know, you can't really enter that with a car anymore. Yeah, right. And yeah, and, well, actually, yeah, the, the security became very intense in Paris after that. Yeah. Like you couldn't go indoors anymore and you couldn't like there all the doors were blocked except for one and there was all this security everywhere, security, security. Right. <laughs> you know, they get obsessed with security. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. It's it's um it's a, it's a weird, you know. It 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 lets you mature in a kind of way. You know, if you encounter death in that in that way yeah okay so now I, I have another story it's not my story but i was just sitting with a friend the other day and and it's a similar story you know and um so it's a friend of mine he's an artist and so he's my age and when he was like 25 or 28 he was working on a boat and so he was at the on the atlantic uh, with a couple of guys and uh, you know, and then they, they drove with their boat like in, into a hurricane or they, they had a hurricane and they were like in the center of, you know, the, the ocean. And so um, that was one of these situations where, you know, the crew, the, the captain, you know, was completely drunk and the main crew. And, and so, but they, they knew they, you know, it was a life and death situation, right? Mm -hmm. And, and so... And so he, he gathered together with, a, you know, with some people who were willing to face the, the challenge and, and, you know, somewhat they, they got out of this, you know, but the interesting thing was, you know, he, since then he has, you know, the by name, the, 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 the what, what do you call it, the name, the general, because he was like the guy who was like on the steering wheel and, and like in the uh, movies. But, but the point is, you know, the, the guys who stood with him in that moment, like three or four guys, you would never expect them to do that. They were all like kind of hippies and kind of like smoking. But, you know, at that moment of possible death, there emerged something within them. Yeah. You know, and somebody they call it. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, I was thinking, there's this also the story about this woman who um, whose baby was underneath a bus, and she lifted up the whole bus to get at her baby. Yeah. So this this power comes from beyond when you're in the face of of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Intense and so, concentration and and just just every you put every sort of you do impossible things. Yeah, and and but. 
you 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 realize when you talk to him that he has made uh, that he you know touched the face of death in a kind of way mm. you know that he, you see it in his character and his way he behaves and he was in the kind of situation and you know that kind of transforms transforms you you know yeah. because because that thing because only in these kinds of stressful and life-threatening situations this thing can emerge whatever it is right and and you see it it's it's similar like like a like a dmt or ayahuasca experience that pushes you so far out that you that you get to the to the margins and to the periphery of what existence means yeah you know yeah. Yeah. and and that your life is is you know limited and um, fragile because you know he explained it quite uh, in detail you know when you're in the ocean it's like you are so tiny and when you're like on on a on a cruise or whatever and you get appendicitis you know you're dead you're dead yeah because you know it's like you have like two three days to go to a hospital or whatever um but when you're 20 21 days out of the sea there's no way anybody can help you with that mm -hmm. and so and so you're you're confronted with all the the violent of nature and then you get into a hurricane and then you are on a tiny ship and the half of the crew is like sick and drunk you know but somebody has to take responsibility you know and and this is like the jack london story basically yeah you know? sure and and it's so interesting what that kind of experience does to us i mean this mm -hmm. is also hemingway you know that's what he writes about about the the, the dance with death or carlos yeah. castaneda you know it when seems he... like hemingway was always going towards death or something yeah yeah most of us run away from death right uh, he he was flirting with it, you know, as much as he could. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Because in a way that's li that's living. In a way, yeah. Because, yeah, because you're never more alive than when you're aware of the finitude. Right. And yeah, you know, and all the 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 true initiation rites they kind of embrace and, mm. and embody, you know, the experience of death in some form of capacity. Yeah. Death and rebirth too. I mean, yeah. You have to be, you have to, you have to be, you have to be born again. I mean, that's what the whole spiritual process is about. Yeah. Dying and being born again. Yeah. And then they say, you know, um, if you die once before you die, then when you do die, you don't die. Right, because if you've touched that kind of infinity, infinity, then you just keep going. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I mean, I I think we told, uh, talked about this. No, you know this tribe uh, in the Amazonian where they have like this initiation right for the young man that wants to become man, and that took takes like three or four or five months. This uh, uh, this ritual. And they have, you know, in this tribe, this, this kind of killer bees or whatever they are. And, you know, one sting, you know, on the pain scale, there's a great BBC documentary or mm -hmm. uh, history channel, like, like one sting, the pain is somewhat equal to, you know, breaking your big femur, your leg, 
you know it's, yeah. it's excruciating pain and so they 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 have like these big gloves made out of you know tree branches and then they put 30 or 40 of these killer bees they put in the cracks between the the branches you know with, mm -hmm. and so they have to you know the young men have to put their hands in these gloves and uh, and you know and get stung by 60 bees of these killer bees and they have to dance for you know eight hours or seven hours and the whole tribe helps him to dance you know and get into this trance you know to to deal with that kind of pain and wow. then they do it not only once they do it like in the course of four months they do it 60 times or something and only if you can hold the pain and if you're like can go through this kind of because again like one bing steeping uh, bee sting is like you break your leg from, yeah. from the intensity and then only if you can go through the whole shebang like uh, then you become a, a worthy member of the tribe. It reminds me of Dune uh, when he puts his head in the box, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. And, and uh, it's like it's like if he can't handle the pain, then he dies. Then you're an animal. Yes. Um, they'll kill him if he can't. If he so he has to. He has to. You know. Um, he has to see that it's just pain. Yeah. In a sense, I mean, he has to. Will you feel the pain on one hand? I mean, I don't know. On the one hand, you can be very um, detached from pain that's happening to you, in a sense. It could all be happening, you know, it's just pain, 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 but it's just pain. Yeah. What is this drug, street drug that surgeons use? Um, I can't what? remember. Remember. Well, I mean, sorry, it's, it's now a street drug, but it's, it's actually a drug they use in hospitals to get people to become detached from their pain. And it's very popular kind of, kind of street drug. It lasts for like 20 minutes. And you know what I'm talking about? You, you, you mean the milk like that, 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 uh, uh, um, Michael Jackson used? No, no. Uh, it's, 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 uh, like, you know, a lot of young people take it all the time. It's like a street drug. Um, anyway, when I was getting surgery, um, I, 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 they gave me this drug uh, with opium and I was really hallucinating like a lot. I was, I went into hallucinations and um, you know, I was seeing cartoons and stuff like that. Oh, really? But apparently if you take enough of this stuff, you could be awake during surgery. You could be experiencing the pain, but not even care. Oh, really? I had no, if you take I, a I, lot I... of it, if you take a lot of it. You could yeah. be totally awake, experiencing the pain, and not, you know, be so detached from that. It, 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 I never it, heard about that. Okay. Um, um, but you, you would know what I'm talking about if I mentioned the name because it's a very popular street drug. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's um... ketamine. There you go. Ketamine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm hmm. Yeah, ketamine makes you see cartoons, and that's and like that's like one of the one of the worst you know fears that I have. You know that you have an operation because sometimes the anesthesia doesn't work, and then you know mm -hmm. you you are you're awake and experiencing the full blow of the of the pain of the yeah uh, of the operation without your ability to move or to express yourself. You yeah, know? yeah, terrifying. Yeah, 
Yeah. You know, okay, so there was, I was, uh, I, I, you know, do you, do you know what is oblique, oblique is or something like this? It's a span, it's a, uh, you know, it's a kind of prison. Obliet, mm -hmm. glaube ich, it's, it's, it's the word. And it's the kind of ho horrifying prison the French invented in the medieval ages. And mm -hmm. so that's basically um, just a hole in the wall. Yeah. You know, so you get thrown in and uh, you're just left there to rot and to die. And, and the point of that is there's you know, no light, rats coming in. Uh, you know, eating the corpses that are already in there, but yeah. uh, they, they, these oubliettes, they are uh, constructed in a way that they're in the walls of, you know, the salons, and so you you hear the people having fun. Oh my God! <laughs> right when you where where you are in this hole, knowing you will die, you know, and they can't and, hear you. No, no, screaming. They can't, I don't know. While well, they're having their uh, yeah, drinks. maybe that's the fun. That was the fun of maybe the they French. enjoyed that kind of thing back then. Yeah, yeah. But the point is, you know, it's like they, they were never cleaned. You know these these kinds of holes, and you were like thrown in there, and with the rest of the corpse of the other guys before you. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Imagine, yeah. you know, you'd have to be a very talented meditator to, you know. To work no, what, what do you experience. do in this kind of situation? You just have to kill yourself in one way or another. Mm -hmm. I don't know how, but you don't get out there, out of there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, the, the horrors, medieval the horrors are. are you, I I remember I went to the Museum of War at, at the at the in, in Chicago, and um, and I saw all this, the the medieval torture instruments that they had, and yeah. how incredibly creative they are. Oh yes, in inflicting in, in in different inflicting different methods of pain. They must have really enjoyed that. They must have dedicated all their creative engineering and just amazing kinds of blades and instruments and unbelievable things that they that they they would create just to inflict suffering on their enemies. Yeah. We're but so it's far kind of, away it's kind of you know, in retrospect, because I was reading up to also uh, on this, because it's like evolutionary speaking, you know, from the point of cultural evolution, you, you have to admire the, the genius of it, you know, because, you know, we were like savages kind of before. And mm -hmm. then I think the first written down law was like, uh, came from Germany. It's like, 13th 12th century like the common law yeah and and you know people had to make sure that you know the people abide by it and so they invented the most excruciating and horrible kind of tortures and punishments if the law wasn't abided because like everybody was stealing nowadays we are like so uh, embedded in you know laws it's like even if you're like killing 70 children or 90 children like this these brave guys like oh no we we sent him to our maximum comfort prison in in oslo you know <laughs> yeah. you know it's like it's like what do you have yeah. to do to get tortured nowadays like nothing you don't get tortured but back then you know if if you would steal something your heads your, your hands would be chopped off and the reason for that is that you know we didn't we haven't we hadn't at this point integrated you know common law 
and you know social norms in that mm -hmm, kind mm -hmm, of way mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and yeah. so the the kind of punishment were kind of severe and drastic and so you have did you see the the wheels you know they they used for wheeling the people mm -hmm. wheeling people and stretching them and, and so so they were stretched on the floor and they had like these wooden blocks you know under under the arm and the forearm and under the legs you know so so it was like kind of uplifted a little bit mm -hmm. and then they would take the the wheel you know and were crushing it on on the big bones so they were crushing the the legs on three or four points and the arms and so and then the body was all wobbly and then they would take the the body and were like weaving it into the you know spines of the wheel you know Jeez. and and then if you still weren't dead at that point you know they you know they were you know relieved of their misery and cut uh, uh, had their throat cut but it's like you have to imagine the pain and and the ritual that went along with that with that mm. kind of you know but imagine it's like these were heavy wheels yeah god yeah and um some people are nostalgic to go back to the past huh? yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i mean also you know if, you, if i get Gerard is somebody we talk about, and his theory is kind of that culture began with human sacrifice. Who? who? René Gerard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. His theory is kind of that what happens is, is okay, you have two tribes and, and they're, they're, they, they, they have a conflict and, and you risk war of one against the other. Yeah. So you need to take one person and sacrifice them, you know, as payment or something like that. Yeah, uh, and so you choose a scapegoat. You sacrifice, so you sacrifice that scapegoat, and then you make that that person who sacrificed into a god, and then you build the church, and then and then that's how civilization begins, right? On on, on human sacrifice, a very dark view of how civilization actually, you know, comes into play. and and then over time, we you know we have we have to figure out how to deal with our murderous you know, our murder, mur our ecstasies of murderous, you know, explosions that happen, you know, what's happening again in Ukraine, it seems there's something about human beings. Why do they, you know, do that? And it's, it's just, it, it seems to be built into us in, in some kind of way. And we need st structures and laws and religions and things like this to stop us from, you know, just, just killing each other on mass scales. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. What can you say about this? <laughs> these humans. <laughs> it's weird that we are like this, no? It's a it's an eternal conundrum why we have yeah. this killing uh, gene within us, you know? Because it's like you have to just look at history to understand, you know, what kind of beasts we are. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing beautiful about it, you know. And there's also the fact that if we don't know that we have that in us, we become kind of dangerous because we become kind of sheep. Uh, who is this uh, Freudian thinker who developed the um, organ machine? What was his name? Wilhelm Reich. You know, he was always saying that it's like if somebody d believes that they're not like that, that those are the people to worry about. Those are yeah. the guys, you know. Yeah. yeah. So 
this is perhaps why we we need to meditate on our darker natures and yeah i mean you just have to look at at the ukraine or nazi germany or you know terror attacks it's like Have you listened to Howard Stern, uh, you know, his show at 9-11? No. So because, you know, his, his office was, you can listen to it on YouTube, you, you know, it's like his office, his, his radio station was exactly opposite of, of the Twin Towers. And yeah. so, you know, somebody notified him to look out of the window because, you know, the first tower was kind of burning. And it all happened live on, on, on the show. And so he was kind of making fun at the beginning of it and it's like oh yeah some what happened and uh, they didn't realize what was happening uh-huh. and over the course yeah. of of um, the events unfolding suddenly the the realization set in okay we're under attack you know and um, this is quite a document you know because Because you're seeing somebody going through it at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Mm -hmm. I see, yeah. Mm -hmm. Being confronted with the real of our human nature. It's like everything was fun and joking before, but then, you know, suddenly it sets in. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. And so you have to have that in that moment on on the train, or that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, and... uh yeah, that's and then you you can't help thinking, okay, there's here is a dead body in front of me, and then this also will be one of those, you know, yeah, rotting and being eaten by the worms. So, whereas there's a sense that you you feel that the, there's a denial within yourself that 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 could that could happen, but it actually is going to happen. <laughs> so, yeah. so there's those two things, you know, this is what, so if, if maybe if we, if we knew really, if we really contemplated death deeply, if we really, really, really thought about it, you know, all the time, then we might really try to get enlightened on some, on some level. We might, we might, we might be a bit more serious about in our engagement towards, towards, you know, um, realize truth and, and, and all that. But the, I th- I think I think that there's something there's another force in us that makes us kind of asleep that makes us not want to see that or so so we oscillate between you know denial and and the truth that we don't want to see and then coming back and forth yeah but but um I think you know in every tradition the first thing the first spiritual the first time you become a spirit, you know, a mature spiritual person is when you confront that on some level. Yeah. That's the beginning. That's like, and that's what you have to continue to confront over, you know, over and over and over again is, is your own, you know, your own mortality. I mean, you're an expert and, you know, it's, it's, uh, there are uh, like the 40 Buddhist meditations on death, no? I don't know which particular tradition at there's a lot of them yeah there's a lot of different no but you know the 40 buddhist meditations on death is like okay it's like you you go through you know the vision of you you yourself drowning Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and so you you really go into there until you understand what it is 
and yeah. then you go through the um meditation of burning to death yeah and yeah. then you know and then falling to death mm-hmm. and you do that with all with your mind and heart open you yeah. know till you understand what it is yeah yeah no, I've never done that particular one, those particular ones, but there's some practices that you would do where you you would visualize yourself as a skeleton and all the time and you all constantly remind yourself that you're going to die, you know, and then you visualize yourself as I'm doing this and I'm a skeleton doing this and I'm a skeleton doing this. I'm a yeah. skeleton making dinner. Yeah. You know, I'm a skeleton, you know, embracing my wife and children and I'm a, you know, when I was like a young boy, you know, I, I was obligated to choose between military service in Germany. And at that time, that law existed or like social mm-hmm. service. I think I mentioned that. And so I worked, you know, at the hospital where my father also worked as a doctor. Mm-hmm. And so I had like access to all, you know, the the uh, um, areas of the hospital. And so I was like in the ICU and I was with the dead people and, you know, in the operation room. And it was like... There were so many dead people. And, you know, the way, you know, the, especially the doctors, they got cynical about this. You know, it's like they, they were confronted with it on a daily basis, but they didn't let it touch them, you know, yeah, because they were like making, making like evil jokes and, you know, just, just to keep it at bay, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess you have to be somewhat of a beast to be a surgeon. You're just kind of you're not in touch with the, the feelings of the person you you just have to do what's necessary. You have to cut, you know, but. Um, and so I remember when I was like, you know, you know, I, I, lunch with, with the family. And so phone rang and my father was called by the police because it was a normal Wednesday or Tuesday or whatever. And so I was called, you know, to, uh, you know, um, come to a, you know, scene where there was a, dead person and he came back two hours later complete white in his face because the body was already you know two or three weeks into decomposure is that the word you know Mm -hmm. it's like it's like that that couldn't have been like a beautiful sight you know my father was normally like quite he could handle something but that uh, got to him Hmm. yeah sometimes i've had that experience too where sometimes an image or something will get to me, like it will stick, stay with me. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of horrifying images that you can encounter every day. Yeah. Uh, just by, you know, turning on your internet. Um, but, uh, but I remember this scene where these people were burning this woman alive and, you know, in like, I think it was somewhere in Africa, like as a witch. And this was, you know, on YouTube or on something. YouTube. It was it was something that got around somehow. I don't know how it got around. Maybe Facebook. It was a video. This was years ago, but and, yeah, and years that's... ago there were like these, you know, these you know sites where you can look it up. You know, there were. Yeah, I think no... they I think they had less good filters back then. So sometimes you'd see something really horrible like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and th- this this stayed with me for for months. And I was I always wondered why did that particular image stay with me? Because you know, you take your pick of images of, of horror in this world and you can find a lot of them. But why was that so you know that that stayed with me? That yeah. It's interesting. And did you did you understand why? No. That's the image of the I mean, woman. I just saw horror and that this is horror, and I felt it, you know. Most of the time we don't feel it all, you know, we don't always feel it. 
because we have our defense mechanisms, we have our armor, we have our, you know, we have to deal and we have to close ourselves down in order to function in the world. You know, we can't just be there with our open heart for everything, <laughs> you know, yeah. so we have our ways of shutting down. And, and But I, for some reason at that point, uh, that, that injured me, that, that, that I saw the horror you know what Kurt says, the horror, the horror. I saw yeah, that yeah, horror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that was that was I think that's what I was seeing there. Yeah. I have I have a similar experience. Um, because you know, there was I think that at the beginning of the 80s, there was an American politician who was, you know, um relieved of his duties, let's say, because he was resigning because he was like taking bribes and whatever. And so he went in front of the camera. And you could, you know, at some point you could watch this video on YouTube. I don't think it's it's there anymore. But you know, it's it's a famous press conference mm-hmm. where he resigns and then he takes out his Colt 45 or whatever that was, mm-hmm. put it in his mouth, shot on live television. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it was not only that, you know, the, the thing of his head blew away, but you know, it's like, and I've never saw this before, this this kind of um fountain of blood like rushing rushing out of his nose it's like well i it's like that was so immediate and so horrifying you know it's like that that image stayed with me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know it's just mm -hmm. like um yeah yeah i guess we we have these touchdowns no i don't um i can i can give you the name um politician Politician killing himself. TV. Uh, Arbat Dwyer. Um, the politician who killed himself on television in 1987. Mm-hmm. Arbat Dwyer. And so okay. for you guys who want to look it up, it's horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're giving people a lot of, uh, you know, pleasant imagery today. So it's okay. So let's let's go into the ethical side of things. So mm-hmm. is 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 you know what what do you think about suicide, like on an ethical level? Um. Well, I'm kind of a I'm kind of a traditionalist, so I, I don't think that I think when you kill yourself. You're just killing your body. Right. And I don't think the body is the only thing that you are. <laughs> um, so I, I think that, I think that, I think that you're, if you, if you do that and you create that kind of harm that, that, you know, some, something continuous in, in, you know, you consciousness is degraded. And, and so I think it's, it, I, I think it's, I think there's a reason why, why it's such a big taboo. I don't, I don't sort of believe that, you just have the right to kill yourself except maybe under some very um some circumstances right if life is completely unbearable maybe it's maybe you should maybe i don't know i don't know tom i I don't know if i've thought about it thoroughly enough to give a, a very good good answer what about you give me a second um shit okay why is that doesn't why doesn't that work? Okay, so um, um I don't know. Um 
it's a complicated issue, no? I think like, Like in the Tibetan tradition and the Jewish tradition, you spend three days with the corpse to allow it to pass on, to allow the soul to pass on on some on some level. And, yeah. Um, abrupt deaths, or, or you know, and, um, and and doing yourself harm mm. is doesn't necessarily take away what you're trying to take away. But I mean, obviously, it's a it's something that people do, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. it's not That's it's true. not it's it's so it's in a way it's uh, although it's a taboo and although it's kind of ostracized, um, it's a culture technique. That's that means people do it in certain circumstances, like ranging from financial ruin to sickness to depression to whatever. Yeah. Know? I think so, Japan has the highest suicide rate still, you know, because they have such a culture of shame. Yeah. And it's kind of it's kind of complicated to, you know, say it's problematic to say it's bad. No, yeah, I I don't mean good bad. I just mean or taboo because it's uh, because so many people are doing it. You know. Mm -hmm. And it's so ingrained in our society. That's it's it's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what to say about that actually. I, I mean uh yeah, there there are there is there are you know unbearable situations probably and, and, and that would be the maybe at, at that point in that in that uh, unbearable situation then the person can be put out of their misery like you know in, in euthanasia and stuff like that i think you know some some cases of euthanasia why mm. are you keeping this person in a state of suffering you know what's the point of that so in the town where where i grew up there was a time when there was like kind of an epidemic of doctors killing themselves in the strangest way doctors yeah And so yeah. one jumped, you know, from a big hotel, you know, the other one drowned himself in, 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 in one of the lakes. And see, he always had like one of these straw hats, you know, uh, he was walking around mm -hmm. and, and he wanted to die with it. So he took some, you know, what, what is that? He tied his straw hat onto him. Yeah, yeah, with this adhesive kind of things, you know. And so it has like kind of an absurdist uh, element to it, you know. And so there were like a couple of you know doctors in the same. He, he didn't like, like his life, but he wanted to. But he was still attached to his his hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they all had family, and they were all like kind of upper middle class, and so. You know, it was like, it was weird. So because it was like a little town, 20, 25,000 people lived there and they're all well known and, and they all killed themselves. It's super weird. Hmm. You know, maybe there was a virus, a demon virus running around. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I was listening but to it's, it's, You know what I want to say with this? It's like, we're coming back to this. I think Lacan, Uh, or Boudilia, I don't know, he uses the word symptom for when an event that happens 
not mm-hmm. symptom, it's symptom. It's, uh, it, it's an event that happens um, that lets you question your whole kind of worldview because yeah. it doesn't yeah. fit. Yeah. You know, it kind of, it, it's kind of because you say virus, it has, you know, the symptom has the ability to deconstruct in a way your whole, your whole image of the world. You know, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't, you can't under, explain it. And so when suddenly in this kind of village, only the doctors, you know, you know, it's like in a short period of time, why are they killing themselves? And it's like, you don't, it's, it's not really explainable through rational means, you know, and it kind of hijacks your worldview of, you know, the idyllic little town, you know, where children are playing and lakes and forests. Why? I was, I was listening to Jonathan Paggio. We're talking about, you know, there's this whole, there's this word that has become very trendy or something, egregores, right? Yeah. A collective spirits. And then also, Gala, like he was saying, well, you maybe, um, maybe a better way to think of, well, he was talking about the social media being an egregore. And what, what his definition of egregore was a spirit without a head, right? Yeah. In other words, there's nothing, there's nothing guiding this thing. Um, so it, you know, it looks like something interesting, you know, but it, it, it's it's we always talk about uh, uh, there's there's a lot of talk about let's say emergence and and something cool emerging um, or things emerging by themselves self organizing systems and that this is a great thing, but maybe the self organizing system is it is a, is a parasitical and destructive being of some sort. Yeah. Um, and that, that, that he was describing that as a, you know, sort of headless, it has no head. Um, and then Paju was saying that, well, maybe we could talk about, you know, Facebook being a kind of egregore. And they said, no, no, it's more like a golem because it was created by somebody. Yeah. And, and now it's become sort of parasitical and it's sort of not having a very positive, you know, it starts off as something that, you know, you're networking with your family and it's a very good technology and you know how you're having to you know it's opening up the world and then then it becomes this because it has no then then because because it has no actual center or meaning or 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 direction it becomes this parasitical self-organizing kind of monster and what's the relation what what do you want to say um well, I, I was thinking about I was thinking about how things kind of happen in a weird sort of way, and 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 I was I don't know I was making the connection to these doctors like things kind of there's like a fractal um, events happen things happen one place and they happen somewhere else at the same time and everything seems to happen at the same time because it's guided by this kind of uh, collective collective consciousness collective spirit right um which might be parasitical and unconscious and and have no direction or something like that interesting yes mm. so yeah where is i mean like it's like it's like the the copycat um the school shootings often are like there's a copycat thing it's like one person does it and then all these other people do it suddenly it's happening everywhere yeah maybe mm. um Whereas, you know, the, the, you know, going back to that, the woman that killed herself in front of you, that, mm. that is a symptom as well, because, you know, I imagine you were like, 
going to the university or going coming back what coming home yeah it was just an ordinary day and then suddenly and, you know, and, and it was like is... you were doing in your you were do when you were in your kind of modus operandi of working on the computer and you had think mm -hmm. thinking about the family or whatever and what you want to do and looking out and suddenly there's an event that completely derails and has the power to trump and derail every thought process that you have or had yeah. in that yeah. moment and the funny thing is like i i was sitting there and the, there's this corpse next to me and i was like should i continue doing my work right now i'm just here so i started writing it's like Isn't that a little just kind of weird that I'm sitting here next to a corpse doing my work? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yes, because this is something happened here. The 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 real uh, the real is invading my life, and I can't just act as if everything is 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 normal. Right. Even though death is very normal on one level, I mean, people die all the time, and there's deaths and accidents, and so it is the most banal, ordinary thing in the world, death. But at the same time. Yes, it was. It, 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 and then everybody got up and moved around and, and, and started piling out of the train and going into the forest. And, you know, uh, <laughs> it was very strange. It was like, it was like, uh, uh, yes, uh, the, 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 the pattern, um, whatever pattern, you know, that is what my life is in at that moment was, was, was exploded. Yeah. And then the real kind of entered. Hmm. Your death trumps everything. Yeah. You know, it makes you realize all of your thought process uh, worthless in the face of it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And also the fact that every, you know, all these people on the train, hundreds of people on the train, each living in a completely different universe of some kind, seeing yeah. things a different way. Some people suffering unbelievably. Other people who have nice lives and feel pretty good about themselves and have a good job, you know, there's so many levels and, and mostly we don't even notice each other. We don't even see each other. We just kind of see the surface of life. Yeah. And then somebody comes along and, 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 uh, and this happens and, and it's like, oh my goodness, there's, there's, there's an enormous amount of you know, suffering, mm. um, which is just terrible. And it's just, it's just absolutely, it's, it's, terrible beyond belief that people could, could suffer on, on that level and that nobody could help them and you know yeah. whoever this whoever this anonymous woman is she had a you know she had a family and she had you know maybe she had children and then all the suffering that they're going to go through and maybe she was just alone maybe she's just rejected from the society maybe she was well, anyway maybe a kid um, died Well, maybe your kid died maybe her maybe maybe she you know she was somebody just maybe she just was having a maybe she could have got it through gone through if she had a friend who had had a good talk her through it or i don't know yeah. I, i was thinking of leonard cohen i remember him talking about when when kurt Cobain killed himself he said oh you know he could have been saved if, if just the right kind of a conversation maybe who, you know. who could be saved yeah kurt Cobain. Ah, yes. Mm -hmm. Somebody could have just had a good conversation. If the right person had been there and, and they had a drink together and had the right conversation. Yeah. That's um, true. They, 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 there could have been a shift, <laughs> you know, and then, but there wasn't, no, so. Yeah.
but the, yeah, the, it's incredible how much, you know, I, I was in the United States at this at the retreat and it, it, there was so much incredible, uh, let's say energy there and beauty and all that. And then, and then there's so much horror at the same time. And yeah. we're living in this world that is, is, it has this intense beauty, intense horror. Um, imagine what that means you know like living in america and what was the number four and a half thousand kids that died in schools the last year alone that's a, a preposterous number through sh school shootings you know what do you do in a situation like that yeah yeah and i was in this very you know this very nice little town in america and i was told that just like 50 kilometers to the north there's there's a there's there's one of the he, the, the main heads of the Ku Klux Klan that they're they still yeah. there I told you that last time yeah but uh but they're still actually proud clans members living in in northern Michigan um, yeah so all the worlds are you know here we No, but I, that's the reason why I always like the Doors, you know, as a musical group, because they're kind of, you know, the, the, I, I never liked the Beach Boys that much because the Beach Boys were all like California and surfing in the sun. And, you know, I could never really relate. Good vibrations. And, good yeah. vibrations, you know, it's just like the, the illusion. But the Doors were like incorporating the dark realms and, you know, death and. Yeah, I agree and, with you. And, yeah. and, and, and I, I always could relate to, to that and. You know, also like Velvet Underground, these bands, you know, it's, it's like, I, I, I do understand what they're singing about. Yeah. And the Beach yeah. Boys were always like kind of shallow to me. Yeah, well, there's this eternal adolescent feel to them, you know, which is very American. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but I guess Jim Morrison tapped into the darker, the real darkness of LA, you know, the city of Is it called the city of light or is that Paris? But anyway, LA is, is this, is this sort of intense contrast of light and dark. Yeah. Yeah. Which I remember going there and, and having, and I, I knew somebody who was in the music, in the movie industry and I was in his mansion in the Hollywood Hills. And then, He, he and then, but I was also in, in Compton at the time, and that was in the 90s when there was, you know, people walking around with AIDS and yeah, people, you know, looking like ghosts on the streets. And then, you know, that was when there was the Rodney King riots and, and you know, very dangerous place to be in some some neighborhoods. And then, you know, and, but there was that that extreme of heaven and hell right here in this one place. Right, and you could be in heaven one moment, and then you could be in hell in the next moment, and then sometimes heaven was hell, and hell was heaven because the, in the Hollywood world it was so superficial that it was it actually became a hell. Um, yeah, 